Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to our third bonus episode. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. And we have Lexi Burris with us today as our guest. Lexi and her husband, Devin, have two young boys, and we are so very happy to have you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, before we jump into Lexi's story, we want to remind everyone of our Share and Tag campaign that is still going on. We have given away two guided journals by Susie Larson called Soul Care for the Battle, and we can't wait to give away two more. It's super easy. All you have to do is share a post on Facebook or Instagram, and you will be entered in our giveaway. Plus, you'll be sharing hope online where so often that is the last thing we see. So ladies, shine the light. All right. If this is your first episode with us, we are in the middle of a series called Fight Like a Girl where we are learning battle tactics that will serve us in our day-to-day struggles. Our tactics are coming out of the Zechariah chapter 10 verses and they are covered in the blog portion of our God's Word Gives Hope. So I'm going to read our key verses for this week, which are verses 3 and 5 from chapter 10. For the Lord of Heaven's armies has arrived to look after Judah, his flock. He will make them strong and glorious, like a proud war horse in battle. They will be like mighty warriors in battle, trampling their enemies in the mud under their feet. Since the Lord is with them as they fight, they will overthrow even the enemy's horsemen. Now, these are the verses from last week's tactic as well, but this week we are focusing on the plural, the together, the community aspect of these verses that convey the truth that we are not to fight alone the battle tactic of associate. Yes, we read the story of the Zelophehad sisters and how together they went to Moses and Joshua and asked for their father's inheritance. We talked about the importance of community, how we are designed to be a people who live in community, and we especially need that community when life is difficult. So as we thought of women who invite others in, link arms in hard seasons, Lexi obviously came to mind. Now, for our listeners, I do want you to be aware that part of our conversation will involve talking about miscarriage and loss. So if you're driving to work and you don't need tears on your way, you know, that is okay. Push pause and pick us up on your way home. But Lexi, will you share your story with us? Absolutely. So my story um, starts back in December 2016. I was 12 weeks pregnant with our first baby. Um, At this point in the pregnancy, we still hadn't heard our baby's heartbeat yet, so our midwife asked for me to get an ultrasound done to make sure everything was okay. She prepped us really well for both outcomes, which I appreciated, and we waited almost a full 24 hours, which honestly felt like much, much more, until we could get an appointment to have an ultrasound. During that time, we just kept praying, even if the worst happens, God is still good. Thankfully, we saw our precious, healthy baby moving and heard his heartbeat at that ultrasound. He's now almost six years old. Fast forward to August 2018, and I'm 12 weeks pregnant with our second baby. 
at a routine prenatal appointment, my midwife couldn't find a heartbeat. So I waited at the doctor's office until I could have an ultrasound. It was in that room that I heard the words, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. I was completely blindsided. I couldn't even comprehend the words that just came out of her mouth. I refused to make any decision until my body showed signs this pregnancy was no longer viable. In the following days and weeks, my husband and I had a choice to make. Do we still believe, even if the worst happens, God is still good, mm. now that the worst was our reality? We believe God brought us through the heartbeat scare with our first at 12 weeks pregnant to prepare our hearts to go through the loss of our second baby at 12 weeks pregnant. God used losing our second baby to draw us closer to Him and to each other. It was the hardest thing we've ever been through, but we are so thankful that God can use anything for good, and we pray He always gets the glory for how faithful He is through every season. Well, thank you for sharing. So we want to dig a little deeper here, and I, I connect. I've had a miscarriage, and um, sort of like depression, there uh, where depression has shame, um, there by nature, there's this sense of pulling away, pulling away from people rather than leaning into them. And I really remember that with the, the miscarriage, just kind of, you know, you're in, when you're in grief, the first piece of that is you're just in shock. You know, you've planned, you've had all these plans, and then now that's not happening. So one of the questions we need to wrestle with is when we are in battle, whether we will associate or isolate. That's something that we talked about um, in our podcast earlier this week. And in relationship to this scenario, I mean, there is absolutely a time for pulling off by ourselves and maybe a few closest family and friends to heal, but it seems like miscarriage or even stillbirths is one of those things that can cause us to really pull away and isolate more than associate with others. So can you just speak to that? I think everyone grieves differently, um, especially when it comes to miscarriage. It's such a unique way to experience death that you can't truly understand unless you experience it. Um, just recently, it's been a topic that more women are talking about, but I know for me, I wanted time alone to be with my husband and son when the grief was really fresh and I was hurting so badly physically and emotionally. Um, but when I reflect back on that time, we were surrounded by so much love by people from our church out in Vegas, and it meant the world to us. There are some women that come to my mind when I think back to those early days. Uh, they all so delicately reached out to offer to bring us food, to be a shoulder to cry on, or just let me know they were praying. Miscarriage is such a personal thing to go through, so it's very easy to feel alone. But there's so much comfort that can come knowing someone is praying for you or has experienced what you're going through. Your feelings are valid, and it's okay to take the time and space you need to grieve that precious life that was lost. I love what you shared about just these women delicately reaching out. You know, we don't need somebody who's going to come bust down a door, <laughs> even if it's to serve us. But sometimes there is just value in knowing that you're not alone, that these women are reaching out with a meal with um, a shoulder and, and giving this beautiful offer of prayer. And I think back, you know, as women, a lot of times when we're engaging in somebody else's hurt, we want to fix it. We want to jump in and be right. able to solve the problem or 
come alongside and, and battle the dragon with our sisters. And something like this, there is no way to do that. We cannot fix anything. And we don't want to just put Band-Aids and, and Christian platitude words, you know, like everything happens for a reason. Um, that's a hard thing to hear when you're in the middle of grief. But do not underestimate, lady, the value of just showing up and being present and just sitting in grief with someone, even silently, just to know you're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there, well, you know, and I also think that sometimes you get so entrapped with, I don't know how to minister in this situation. Um, so we just don't do anything. I mean, we pray, but we don't do anything in the physical and the tangible. Is there anything that you would add to that on how we can love on people when they're in this pain? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think we don't just don't always know what to say when someone's going through something hard, and that can feel awkward. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's easy sometimes to be like, well, I don't know what to say, so I'm just not going to say anything. Um, but it, for somebody that's going through a miscarriage or infant loss, it's okay to just say, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm praying for you. I'm here when you need someone to talk to. Those words are so meaningful yet simple to a lost mom. Um, Also, don't be afraid to acknowledge her baby. It means the world to a lost mom when someone remembers her baby and calls it by name if it had one. Put the significant dates on your calendar and a simple text of thinking about you today can mean so much to a lost mom when those anniversary dates come around. Whether it's what should have been her due date, the day she found out her baby was no longer alive, or the day she no longer had a baby in her womb. All of these days can be extremely difficult for the mom every year, and knowing someone remembers means a lot. Mm, I love that, and I love the name. You know, um, I've heard various things, and I love it when moms do go ahead and and name the child um, in a miscarriage. Usually they do for sure if it's a stillbirth situation. Uh, Do you have anything to say to that? Yeah, I um, I think it helps some moms, and I think in other ways they're like, you know, I didn't know the gender or whatever. I know for us, we didn't know the gender. I felt very strongly that ours was a girl just because that pregnancy felt so different to me than the prior pregnancy. Um, but we have no confirmation of that. But um, my husband and I went to counseling after our miscarriage. Um, our church was so generous to um, provide that for us. And so we went to counseling. And, and during counseling, we just talked about how that would really help me in the grieving process to have a name for our baby. And so we, months after, it wasn't an instant thing, um, months after he and I went through a process of just kind of talking about, well, what does that look like and how do we how do we name? And I wanted it to be a meaningful name. Um, and so we just kind of went through some name choices and things, and, um, and we ended up naming our baby Joey. Um, we thought it was a girl, and um, the name just comes from we really truly feel like God prepared us um, through the heartbeat scare with our first. He prepared us for losing our second, and so uh, Joachim is the name that we started with that we were like, eh, I don't know about that one, um, but it means... <laughs> it doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> doesn't roll but... off the tongue that well, um, and it means God prepares, and so we took the Joe part of that and looked for girl names, and we found 
um, a name, Joey, so it's J-O-I-E, and that name means um, joy. And my husband was praying joy over this pregnancy from the moment we found out we were pregnant, and it just felt like it was perfect. Wow. <laughs> so, so that is what we went with. So our baby is little baby Joey. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. You know, like we talked about on the podcast on Monday, these Zelophehad sisters who, who went arm in arm before the leaders of Israel, there was a discontent that led to action. And um, Lexi, I know the, the next step of this story already, but tell us how your pain led you to act on the behalf of others. So... After my body started showing signs, our second pregnancy was no longer viable. Um, I reluctantly, very reluctantly, scheduled a DNC um, per my midwife's concern with how big the baby already was. I had medical bills trickling in for months after surgery, and every single bill was just a reminder that I was no longer pregnant, that our baby had died, and it just had hurt every single time a new one arrived in the mail. I remember telling my husband no mom should ever have to go through losing her baby and then keep getting bills in the mail months after. I told him I wished I could just remove all the bills so they didn't even arrive at the mom's house. He told me to start praying about it, so I did, and the more I prayed, the more I would feel God nudge me to be bold and share my story in different situations. More and more open doors and connections kept being made and Carried by Love Foundation was created. Our mission is to ease the burden of medical bills associated with miscarriage so the parents can properly grieve the precious life that was lost. Here we sit four and a half years after the loss of our baby as an official nonprofit just waiting on our tax-exempt status before we officially launch. We have dreams of not only easing the burden of bills associated with miscarriage, but also being able to care for the mom in various ways. That may look like providing a community of other lost moms so she doesn't feel so alone. It may also look like providing a counseling session at a discounted rate or for free to help with processing her grief. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what all God has in store, but I just want to be obedient to caring for these moms the way he asked me to. We are currently gifting um, a copy of Held 31 Biblical Reflections on on God's comfort and care in the sorrow of miscarriage to any lost mom who reaches out to us. And honestly, I could not recommend this book enough. The author, Abby Wedgworth, does such a beautiful job of putting words to all the feelings as you grieve. It was such an encouragement to me even two years after we lost our baby. So it's definitely something I wish every lost mom had a copy of, and it's an honor to be able to gift it from Carried by Love Foundation. Wow, you know, you share four and a half years that that you since you've walked out the beginning of this loss. But, you know, as we're all sitting here <laughs> with tears in our eyes, um, it still feels fresh. And I know that loss like this, I experienced a miscarriage as well um, early in pregnancy, but it was also my first pregnancy. And it was all the things I'd been praying and asking God for. And, man, it's just so hard. Mm-hmm. But... Um, seeing that not only did you walk through this, but you said, Lord, how can I serve others in the midst of this? 
That's absolutely incredible. And we'll make sure that there's links to your organization in the show notes so that um, if anybody wants to go find support, um, we want to make sure they're able to get in touch with you, Lexi. So in the midst of your battle and even now, what is a verse or verses that have ministered to you? So many, <laughs> but I'm going to pick a couple of my favorites. Um, so my sister had gifted me this beautiful um, little thing that was framed with God is our refuge and strength on that Psalm 46 one. Um, and I remember looking at it, you know, a few months before our miscarriage. And I remember thinking, I don't know that I've ever really experienced that personally. And um, I remember looking at it again after our miscarriage and thinking, okay, this makes so much more sense now. And so that is one that I just clung to during our time. Um, another one that I love is Job one twenty one, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And why I love this verse so much, um, when I was driving to work uh, the morning after my appointment um, with our first baby, when we hadn't heard a heartbeat yet, and this song was just playing quietly in the background on the radio, and I just remember tears streaming down my face, and I remember just kind of offering that baby and just saying, God, I'm not in control. You are. Whatever happens is with this baby, I trust you, and I want you to get the glory. And so it was almost like a moment of surrender um, as I'm dri driving to work and waiting for that ultrasound appointment to, to know if everything was okay or not. And of course, with our first pregnancy, it was okay. Um, but I just feel like these words came back to me again as we went through the loss of our second. Um, and then just a third verse, uh, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. And that's Psalms 139, 16. And this just provided so much comfort for me um, after we lost our second baby of just knowing that even though I didn't have the answers, even though I didn't, there was nothing that made sense about it to me. I could find comfort knowing that God knew. God knew how many days we would have with this baby in my womb. God knew that we would never get to meet this baby. And it just provided so much comfort for me. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know that this is touching some chords with our listeners. And whether you've had a miscarriage or not, uh, all of us have suffered various losses where we've experienced grief and there are similarities there in that pain. So Lexi, um, if someone was out there right now in the middle of a battle, deep in the pain of their loss, I mean, you've already shared so much that would encourage, but is there something you would summarize into one or two things that you would speak to that person right now? What would you want them to know? I would just say, even if God is still good. He's with you in the midst of your grief to comfort you. Lean into him when you don't have the strength to get through your day. And just call out to him when you're the only one awake in the middle of the night. 
he cares and he loves you deeply and he really is your refuge and strength in the wake of loss. Well, listener, um, just know that um, we prayed for you before we started this episode for the one that's going to be walking through something difficult and this will connect. And we will continue to pray for you. Um, next week, we will be concluding our fourth and final part of the Fighting Like a Girl series. And um, we will, again, learn from another woman um, in a bonus episode about how God has walked out hardship, but his incredible faithfulness in the midst of that. Now, Lexi, you shared a verse from Psalm 139, and um, gosh, as I was looking at that psalm, I could probably read all uh, 24 <laughs> verses over our listeners as just a um, as a gift to them over uh, the hardship. But I'm I just want to be able to read over you guys. Um, a little bit of who God is and how very present he is. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts when I am far away. You go before me and you follow me and you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. You made all the delicate and inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how very well I know it. And ladies, if you've experienced a loss, he is the one who knit together those delicate, beautiful parts of your baby, and he knows them very well. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast. 